What a touch of the Lord that's in the house tonight. Moving upon our hearts and our lives. I'm just going to turn this to Brother Phillips. Let every direction he wants to go in. Appreciate Brother Phillips and his family. Man, the dedication, the commitment to the kingdom, to the work of God. To take on the role ship of an evangelist and to carry this gospel. Amen to whosoever will. And you and I are blessed tonight that we've been able to have friendship with this good man. Man, to step in. What a beautiful time that he stepped into our lives. The passing of Brother McCain. And it's almost seemed like God just reached out there and maneuvered him right in, right in line, right in place. I thank God for that tonight. All churches need good men like this that will visit us and come by that we can build a friendship and a companionship. Amen. As we love him tonight, appreciate him. Let's make him welcome again tonight to this pulpit. Appreciate you, Brother Phil. Why don't you turn that hand clap into some praise right now and worship him. Come on, the presence of the Lord is here. We need to acknowledge it tonight. Come on, we need to acknowledge it right now. Hallelujah. Come on, why don't you just stop clapping your hands and lift your hands and lift your voice. Come on, would you lift your hands and lift your voice. The presence of the Lord is here. If you need a miracle, you can get it right now where you're standing with your hands in the air, worshiping the God of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, that's it. Let's worship him. Would you go past praise and enter into worship? Come on, I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord. Oh, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. Just plug into what the Holy Ghost is doing. Come on, if you've got the Holy Ghost, you ought to be praying in the Holy Ghost. And if you don't have it, you can get it tonight. You can get it right now. Come on, somebody plug in. Plug into what the Holy Ghost is doing. We got plenty of time. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Man, man. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this house tonight. And if you want to make your way back to your seats and find your Bibles, the book of Psalm, chapter 105, or 
some would say the 105th Psalm. Um, again, reading in verse 1, say what an honor it is to be back in Bendale tonight. I love this church, and I give honor tonight to your wonderful pastor, whom is my friend, and I, I love him. I hope I get around as good as Brother Moore does when I'm 49. Hallelujah. I love him and appreciate him so very much and honored him tonight and honored the great God of this house. In Psalms 105, verse 1, O give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. And for the sake of your standing, I will skip down to verse 16. Moreover, he called for a famine upon the land. Now that sounds like a whole different chapter just right there in that little jump, doesn't it? He broke the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant. Verse 18 says something very powerful that at first glance, if we're not careful, we can just kind of take it at face value and not realize that there's more to it than this. David says, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. I want to preach to you tonight with your help, help the Lord for the next few moments, favored in the fetters favored in the fetters. Would you help me right now by lifting your hands to heaven and ask the Lord help us. God, we love you. We worship you. We give you glory. Give you honor. There's nobody like you. God, we're asking you, Lord, right now to have your way in this house. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost saturate us. Lord, would you change us and challenge us by your word? I'm asking you, God, to do it in your name tonight. Let the power of the Holy Ghost flow through this house. Come on, would you lift your voice with me? Come on, lift your voice with me. God wants to do something in here for somebody tonight. Lord, we're believing you for the miraculous to be released. God, I thank you for supernatural healing in somebody's heart tonight. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord one more time? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord. Most of you have heard me preach before, so you would think it not strange that I would tell you that uh, in order to get the full picture, we got to see exactly where David is and what he is singing at this point in time in biblical history. This is... A psalm that is saying, at the return of the ark of God back uh, to the tent that David has pitched for it. It has been in Kirjath-Jerim for over 20 years. Now David is restoring it to its rightful place. He begins to slay the ox and shout and the sound of the trumpet. David begins his trek towards Jerusalem and there are psalms that he's saying, Psalm 68, it's a very powerful psalm he sings in that place. But David sings here. This is, he's not quite 
uh, to Jerusalem yet, but he is on his way. Some would say, Brother Moore, that this is the very first psalm that he sings in or on, rather, his trek towards Jerusalem. So he is making his way to the house of God. And so it's a little easier to picture here David covered in blood with the blood of the oxen as he has slain so many oxen and is getting ready to go towards the house of God. David begins by giving thanks unto the Lord to call upon his name and to make his deeds known among the people. This original phrase, to call him by his name, it is a descriptive title that is given to God. And as David is rejoicing in what God has done, he says, if you want to really know how to praise him, just call him by his name and say what he's done. Just call him Jehovah Jireh, God my provider. Just call him Jehovah Shalom, God my peace. If you want to know how to give God praise, there is nothing that you can do that, that, that can stand in the place of just telling him, Lord, I thank you because I know who you are and I know what you've done and I know how you made a way and I know I don't deserve to be here, but you let me be here anyway. And I, I, I know I don't deserve the blessing that you gave me, but you bless me anyway. Is there anybody here beside me that understands it was only by the mighty hand of the almighty God, Jesus Christ, that you're even here today. <laughs> Call him by his name. I believe that David had a revelation that churches need to get in 2024. He's not just God Jr., he's Jesus. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth in him bodily. I'm telling you, when you say Jesus, you say healer. When you say Jesus, you say peace. When you say Jesus, you say deliverer. When you say Jesus, you say waymaker. He's not just the Father, Son, and Spirit, but all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When you, I'm here to tell you, when you say Jesus, you say creator. Everything is in him. So David goes on with poetic grace and God telling the story of how God kept his people commanding them to call his name. Confirm, he says, God remembered his covenant with Abraham. He confirmed it with Jacob for a law. They were wandering people going from nation to nation, but God would not let anybody touch his people. Then the Bible says in our text tonight, he called for a famine. Now this ain't the part of the scripture we like. If I, I, I've been reading my Bible through, and I, I'm telling you, it, God's really been getting on to me here lately. Because I like to preach, and I like to read, and I like to quote scriptures that are scriptures that show uh, how God's always on my side. But don't, don't forget, but uh, there was a lot of times that God wasn't on his people's side. Matter of fact, he turned them over to the Chaldeans. Ooh, it got quiet all of a sudden. He turned them over to the Babylonians. Am I still in the book? God said, that's okay. You want to do what you want to do? I let you do what you want to do. But there's a price that you have to pay. And so God calls for a famine and he sends a man before them. The Bible says even Joseph who was sold as a servant and whose feet they hurt with fetters. And something you will learn rather quickly 
It's about David as he tends to write about people and things that he can correlate with. David is metaphorically, uh, he speaks metaphorically of birds. He, and he correlates himself to the owl, to the, to the sparrow, and to all, all of these different birds. And David correlates God as the shepherd because it's something that he understands and because it is his writing style and things he understands. We don't have to go very far to understand during this glorious time of the return of the David begins to cross a line that separates praise and worship. How easy it is to get caught up in the demonstrative praise of David on this occasion. But we fail to see the intimacy that is here between him and God in this moment. David understands that praise is for every situation. But David also knows that worship never comes without weeping. And so David begins to tell the story. He says, I don't want to just praise and shout and dance and, and there's plenty of stuff in that he said but I want God to know in this moment as I am sacrificing that it's not just about the praise but I want to enter into worship and again I understand that worship comes through weeping and he begins to tell the story of Joseph and his bonds and let's, let's be honest here today there's not a pain in the world that you can experience in my opinion uh, like, like Joseph would go through and sure, there was a lot of things that hurt him, but think about his own brethren selling him into slavery. They're in the pain in the world that I can imagine than looking up out of a pit and seeing your own brother laughing and saying, let's sell him. Let's get rid of him. So he begins to tell the story of Joseph and his bonds. This place, and we don't really get it in the Genesis account, Brother Ford. We don't really see, we just kind of see that he sold into slavery. But David gives us a little pick, pick, piece of the picture that we're missing. He said, His feet did hurt with fetters. Now you have to understand the the picture as it's being painted by David is it's not just being in a jail cell and we'll get to that here in a little bit but he's coming out of the pit he is in a very sandy location and he has these fetters put upon his feet as as a slave he does not get to ride on the back of a camel as a slave he is tied up and commanded to keep up or die in the desert Joseph a young man that was labeled as a dreamer that was anointed as a dreamer begins to walk and show us the Old Testament view of a New Testament revelation and generation of people that God has called. He has the favor of his father but he's always in fetters. He has the favor of God but he has to live in the fetters. He has the favor that God has upon him is to go before his people but Joseph doesn't know that. You see Joseph, we, we get the benefit of being able to look at the picture and look at the whole thing but you have to understand that Joseph was living through this like you have to live through life and Joseph doesn't know the outcome like you know the outcome and so Joseph is walking day in and day out and he is favored but he's in fetters he's been talked about he's been misunderstood God wants to use him but Joseph like you cannot see how God God can use what he's going through. 
preacher, I just thought I was going to come to church and all my problems were going to disappear. But here I am in fetters. Now, I'm going to get a little ahead of myself right here. But let me just tell you that you're still favored in the fetters. And you may feel like God has forsaken about you, forsaken you and forgotten about you. But let me just tell you that God will never leave you. That God will never forsake you. Truth of the matter is, if you're a dreamer, you're going to be persecuted. If you're anointed, you're going to be talked about. If God's hands on your life, if you're walking in favor, before the favor can ever come to pass, you got to walk through the fetter. Let me just tell you something. You can't expect everybody to be as excited about your dreams as you are. His brothers didn't like it. But that elevated them. And it degraded them. But, but, who help me, Holy Ghost. What they didn't understand, they had a part to play in the whole plan that God has for Joseph. What's the purpose of having hope if everything's perfect? Ooh, I'm going to back up and say that again. Somebody needs to hear me. What's the perfect in faith in God? If everything's always going your way. What's, what's the purpose of saying God is able if you've never had anything for him to overcome? But, well, I got the favor of God. I understand, but you have to, you got to re- get the revelation that favor only comes through fetters. And we like to see the limelight of being a dreamer because it comes with the fancy coat and it comes with favor. But let me just tell you something you can't just dress different and expect everybody else to like you. I'm I'm preaching like it's 2024. Do you realize that there's a difference in the apostolic church uh, and every other religious world, uh, religious uh, station in this world? What is it? Some of it is we look different, uh, and they don't like it because favor always comes with a different kind of dress. The reality is we like the limelight because we like we like the dress and we like the favor, but the reality is dreams owe their birth to disaster. And most of the time when you find dreamers, they are set in a place where disaster has stricken. If you don't even believe me, Joseph is a prime example of this as he is birthed to a woman that is barren and he is born in the middle of disaster. He never knew that the ones that were supposed to be the closest would be the ones that would stab him in the back. He never knew that the ones that he loved the most would hurt him the most. I'm preaching to somebody right now. He never knew that the ones that he thought that he thought that he could trust were going to be the ones that would betray his trust. Joseph never knew that the ones that he got up and went to church with were going to be the ones that gossiped the most about him. But you have to understand tonight, if you're going through hell and it seems like everything's going wrong, that Joseph knows exactly how it feels. And if he was here to tell you, if he could tell you anything, he would tell you that favor is coming through the fetter. They believed he was on the outside of favor. And so they put him in captivity. I want to paint this picture for you. They didn't just put handcuffs on him, Brother Ford. Fetters. Old Testament picture. Historians have told us these fetters were designed some four to six inches tall. Go around the ankle 
They were this size because they did not have the modern machinery of today to be able to forge metal like we do today. Sure, sure it was strong, but it was primitive. And because it was primitive, they didn't have aluminum dog boxes. They had them steel dog boxes. Put it like that. It's that kind you had to grunt to pick up on. Can you imagine with me for a moment as Joseph comes out of the pit and they put the fetter upon his feet. Some say they'd weigh in somewhere about 25 pounds. He begins to walk behind a camel that is half dragging him through ankle deep sand all the way to Egypt. I don't know about the rest of you men in this church. But my wife has a hard time getting me to go to the beach. For the lack of better terms, sand always ends up in areas God never intended sand to be. Is that okay to say it like that? Put 25 pounds of handcuffs, or foot cuffs rather, on your feet and walk through the sand some 50 miles and imagine the irritation that begins to happen. Put 25 pounds of metal on your feet. Let sand get behind it and begin to irritate. I, it, it's quite easy for me to believe that Joseph's legs were raw by the time he got to Egypt. It's, it's very easy for me to believe that, that at this point in time that, that Joseph would have to walk in to the medic and say, I can't even move, boys. When he got to Potiphar's house, they probably had to put some kind of a poultice upon his ankles because of the scars that were left. And, and maybe he'll walk with a limp for a little while because of the fetters. You say, well, preacher, you don't understand. I thought I was favored by God. And here I am having to go through the hurt. And here I am having to go through the pain. And I, I cry at night. I feel like I'm always on the bottom. But when when you're a dreamer and you're learning to deal with the pain of a broken heart, you got to understand that sometimes you can't just go to church and shout and it be over because you shouted and you're still broken and you're still grievous and you're still bitter and you're still hurt. Sometimes you don't need to shout. Sometimes you need to have surgery. When you're a dreamer with a broken heart, Pastor can talk about victory and the whole church blows up but you sit there saying, I don't understand, I don't feel this. When you're a dreamer and your feet are hurt with fetters, it feels like favor's gone, Pastor Moore. If I'm really the child of God, then why is my job always going crazy? If I'm really a child of God, why is my family always going crazy? I want to, I, I just, I, I know you know this, but I want to preach it to you. Get in your spirit. There's favor even in the fetters. Scarred legs from the long walk to Egypt. Gets to the auction block and is purchased by Potiphar. It is a common practice. As a matter of fact, all of the Egyptians this day and time would do this. And, and there's a whole message to preaching this, but the more you can preach it, I'm telling you, it, it, there's something to this. That's bigger than just what's on the surface. But the way they marked their slaves is they, they took a branding iron and branded them in the middle of their hand. 
So imagine three to six million Jews walking out of Egypt with brands in their hands. And again, I don't have time to preach all that, but you go look up the spiritual definitions of brands and come back and talk to me. But it's scarred on his ankles. He's laid out. Potiphar purchases him. He's laid out at Potiphar's house. Now he's got terrible scar in his hand with the insignia of Potiphar. But there's still favor in the fetters. Goes through life. He finally gets over the scar. And I don't know if you've ever been burnt, but honey, I'm going to tell you it's the worst thing you can ever have. I, I have experienced a third degree burn on my foot. And I'm telling you right now, I'd rather, I'd rather find a grizzly bear with a switch than have to go through that again. It ain't comfortable. He's scarred on his feet. He's scarred in his hand. You see where this is going? Anybody else, you, can you remember the scar on his feet and the scar in his hand? And he goes and he's lied on upon in Potiphar's house. And the Bible says that he runs out of this place. And now, again, you must turn to history. Just trust me. If you don't trust me, go home. And you will find out after you've studied it out that I'm telling you the truth. Runaways in this day and time. And it is very well documented that it was done to Joseph in so much that it surprised people when they came before him. When he finally gets to the place where he's living in the prince. He's living as a prince. And he's living there with Pharaoh. And so it is a common practice, Pastor Moore, that when a man runs away or disservices his master they would brand across his head and so now he's not just scarred on his hand now he's not just scarred on his feet but they have literally branded that he is a fugitive across his head yet again bringing me to ask you a question can you not see the scars in the hands of the Lord Jesus can you not see the scars on his head from where they beat his brow with a crown of thorns and you want to think for one moment uh, that you're going to come to church and just get out uh, of the fetter. I'm here to tell you that there's favor in the fetters. Uh, how I'm trying to paint you a picture that is Joseph bear the scars of his brethren. Jesus would bear the scars of all mankind and you could be favored because he went through the fetter. Feet hurt. You understand? You, anybody that's got an old injury knows what I'm talking about when I say some days you get up and it's hard to move that area. And you see Joseph getting up and the feet, maybe there's a cold front moving in. I don't know. They had them in Egypt. He get out of the bed in the morning and his ankles just ache. Tried to immobilize him to the point to where he couldn't move. And what happens when spiritually is you allow yourself to get stuck in the stage of the fetters. Is you stay in bitterness. And you stay in anger. And you stay in gossip. Oh, I'm preaching good now. And, and, and you stay in unbelief. And you stay in doubt. And you stay in fear. And you stay in anxiety because you can't see how God can ever make a way. And what you don't realize is there's favor. 
in the fetters. I don't know how God's going to get glory out of this. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you how. Because one day you're going to get through it and somebody else is going to need to know that there was a God in heaven that brought you up out of the bitterness and out of the anger and out of the dysfunction. I, I, I know you can't see it right now, but I, I'm telling you right now, now is not the time to become immobile and to just sit down and cry about what's happened to you. Do you think that happened to Joseph? Absolutely. I believe he had his days where he walked into the bathroom and closed the door and said, God, I don't understand why you're doing this to me. I don't. If there is a God, if there is, if, if there there is a God. Why would he let me go through all of this stuff? But what Joseph didn't understand in the moment is God's trying to bring you to a place of power. God's trying to bring you to a place of anointing. But you got to learn how to serve him even while you're in the fetters and understand that there is favor while you're in the fetter. Hallelujah. When you try to live for God and you try to escape the seasons of pain can I tell you today that pain nothing will teach you passion like somebody that's hurting like pain will nothing will teach you to have passion for people that have been where you are or that are where you've been like pain will you have passion, but you don't have that season of pain. Or rather, when you have power, but you don't have no passion because you haven't had that season of pain, you'll be like Reuben. Reuben is a brother of Joseph, and he has power because he's the eldest, but he don't have no pain because he ain't been through the fetters. And when he gets to power, but he don't have any passion for the more, he ends up being immoral with his daddy's wife. And he misses out on his inheritance because he learned how to escape the pain. He learned how to skirt around the problems and just live for God on the mountaintops. And I tell you what happens when you, you start making bad decisions and you start making enough bad, uh, bad decisions and God will get upset at you. And God will say, Reuben, you ain't worth nothing. You're unstable as water. You ain't worthy to inherit the kingdom. I'm going to give what you got, and I'm going to give it to somebody else. And you think just because you're the eldest, let me preach it like we're in 2024. You think just because you came to church and you talked in tongue and you ran the aisles that God owes you something. But what you don't understand is you got to go through that season of pain so you're like Joseph and you're not like Reuben. So when you can make a mistake, you come in and say, God, I know I dropped the ball, but I, I'm in myself there's no good thing. I don't know it all. I don't have it all together. I don't want to walk through life without you. Paul said thrice, I besought the Lord. You want to talk about knowing what pain feels like as musicians get ready to come, I'm fixing to close. Paul said thrice, I besought the Lord that he'd take this thorn from my flesh and all I could get out of God, but the more was my grace is sufficient for thee. He said, Paul, if you're going to be the apostle that I've called you to be, you've got to learn that there's favor in the fetters. Paul, if you're going to be the man of God, if you're going to preach, if you're going to be anointed, if you're going to walk with God, you've got to understand that there's seasons that you have to go through. 
I've preached here enough for you to know that I love to shout, I love to dance, I love to run the aisles and talk in tongues and all that stuff. But I've, I've also done all of that and went home empty at times. And I had to find myself in a place where God had to break me down to nothing in order for me to see that there's favor in the fettering. Nobody likes fetters. Nobody likes captivity. Nobody likes heartache. Nobody likes pain. But I promise you today, if I were to hand this mic around, if you were honest with yourself in this congregation, you wouldn't be who you are today without the pain you had to go through. And if you were honest with yourself, God, in that time of pain, you probably asked God why. But now... You can turn around and you can see God had a purpose. God, I don't know how God did it, but God had a purpose for what I'm going through. And all I'm asking you to do tonight on this Wednesday night is to look back through that and say, God, you're the same yesterday, today, forever. And if you have the purpose in my pain last year, I don't understand this. I don't see how you're going to get any good out of this. But I do know that there's favor in the fetters. And I do know that some way, somehow, you're going you're gonna to work a miracle. I don't know if it's in my marriage, if it's in my finances, if it's, if it's in my mind, if it's in my health. I don't know how you're going to work it out. But God, I trust you. I trust you. I don't know how, but I trust you. Would you stand with me right now? How many times has he failed you? How many times has he come up short? How many times has he left you? I know you've had to go through some pain, but how many times has God left you in the middle of the pain? I promise you, not one time. Not one time has he ever failed. Not one time has he ever left. And you might not understand it today. God doesn't call us to understand everything. He just calls us to do in everything Give thanks. I want to open these altars to somebody that feels like they're in the fetters today. And like life is not being fair. And that your, your world's being turned upside down. Come on, I want to invite you to make your way to the altar and lift your hands. And say, God, I want to live. I want to learn how to worship when I'm wounded. I, I, I want to learn how to know that there's favor even when I'm in trouble. Even when I'm hurting. Even when I'm in pain. I know that you've got a purpose for this. You're bringing joy. You're bringing peace. You're going to work it out. Come on, somebody lift your voice tonight. Come on, somebody lift your voice tonight. Woo, don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about the one beside you, behind you, in front of you, beside you. Come on. Now's your time that you got to lift your hands up. Joseph, you may have to walk through this alone. But you ought to walk through it with your hands up in the air knowing that there's favor. Come on, would somebody make up your mind tonight? I'm going to surrender to the Lord no matter what that means. If it means I have to walk through pain, I'm surrendering today. If it means I have to walk through hurt, I'm surrendering today. 
I have to go through some things that I don't understand. It's okay, God. I don't have to understand it to trust you. You are God and I am not. And I trust in the fact that you are God. I'm going to walk in the favor. Come on, that's it. Lift your voice, child of God. God wants to hear from you right now. God wants to hear from you right now.
that's what David said. Call his name. Call his name. Call his name. Come on, he can help you. He can help you. He can help you.
about that name. Come on. When you call his name. Oh, you heard the word of the Lord tonight. David told us how. Call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, I'm calling you. heard in this place tonight amen to go in 2024 amen with this word of God into our hearts our minds and our spirit amen we got deserts we got wilderness places we got times when the fetters is around our ankles sometimes I've made the statements walking it's like walking in peanut butter knee deep amen but you know what he's with us we know what name to call on. We know who's going to show up. We know whose favors we're in. We know he's never left us nor has forsaken us. But he's with us to finish this journey. Amen. Thank God for men of God. Thank God for a house of God. Thank God for the word of God and the Holy Ghost. Hey, I'm glad God's got a plan for us. I'm glad he gave us a promise that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Oh, we've all seen those days and seen those times. Amen. Hallelujah. But God's been with us to fulfill his purposes and legacy and calling upon us. Thank you, Brother Phillips, for the word in this house tonight. Hallelujah. What a word. Amen. That we need to anchor into our hearts, our spirits. These, these messages like this, you've got to really listen to them probably two or three times to really start getting the benefits of it. Amen. To let it really affect you and just get in you. Amen. Because the trying times are upon us. But you know what? God's going to see this church through. And I'm not just talking about this local assembly. I'm talking about the church in general. Amen. God's going to see the church through. I'm planning on being a part of it. How about you? Amen. Love you tonight. Appreciate you so much. Thank you for your kindness and giving and just sacrifice of being here and being a part of this. Hey, we've all been hurt, but you know what? I'm staying in. Amen. I'm not going to backslide over it. I'm not going to look for another God. I'm going to stay with it. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to stay with it. Praise God. Friday night, youth service, 7 o'clock. The guardians or parents or whoever's going to pick them up needs to make sure you're here by 8.30. 8.30 to pick them up. Okay, so the youth, those of you, whoever's a part of that, if your parents don't have brother or sister Ford's number, you need to get it. If you're going to be a little late, call them, text them, let them know, but try not to be. Try to be here around 8.30. Amen. That'll just help things work a lot better if you don't mind. We'd appreciate that so much. That won't give you that leisure time to go off walking, doing around, doing things of that nature, okay? All right, we'd appreciate it so much. 
God bless you tonight. Appreciate you. Good Lord's will. We'll see you back here Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. All right, 9.30 prayer time, 10 o'clock service time. God bless you.